Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Big Blue Insider is on. News Radio 630 WLAP and the iHeartRadio app. To interact with the show, call us at 859-280-2287. That's 859-280-CATS. Or you can tweet us at BigBlueInsider1. Now, here's Dick Gabriel. Welcome to the Big Blue Insider as we wrap up the week. Another gorgeous day here in the bluegrass and another busy newsy day for a time when really there aren't many sports happening at least not locally but we are trying to uh, come up with things to talk about here on the show and it's it's not been all that challenging quite frankly uh, just because all kinds of things have been going on thanks to the pandemic but uh, different news stories as an offshoot of that and one of them right now is happening as the southeastern conference is releasing the updated schedules for all of its teams that will be playing 10 and only 10 games this year, all of them conference games. They have not yet gotten to the Kentucky Wildcats, but we already know that Kentucky will visit Alabama. The Wildcats added to the Crimson Tide schedule. We know this because they are releasing these right now live on the SEC network. Uh, I, I hate to tell you to run to your television, but take your radio with you. Take your phone with you, if you will. But we'll keep you posted right here, Billy Rutledge and I. Billy is essential, of course. He's at the radio station. Aaron is off again tonight. I am in the garage with the door open. And now they've got the Kentucky schedule up. And, yes, they do indeed. The Wildcats play at Alabama, which, of course, was 11-2 and last year. So that gives Kentucky – that's a brutal road schedule now. There are three road games, uh, Alabama, Auburn, and Florida, along with Missouri and Tennessee. Wildcats do pick up Ole Miss. Somebody predicted that, Billy, and they got it right. So the home games are Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Georgia, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. Uh, if you're going to play Alabama, I say play them on the road because it's, you're going to be hard-pressed to beat them anyway, right? you got a better shot at home, but if it's all about piling up wins, you got a much better chance with Ole Miss at home and splitting those two extra games. Uh, although I know the fans would love to see Alabama come to, uh, to Kroger, but uh, I think obviously this gives Kentucky a better shot, don't you? Well, absolutely, Dick. We've talked about no home field advantage this year if there's yeah. going to be no fans. So it's going to be a much different Tuscaloosa. But I love it. I, I think this is an asterisk season already. And with Kentucky's best roster in years, why not go up against the big boys? LSU at Bama would have been a real tough stretch. But Bama and now Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss coming to Kentucky, <laughs> I, I couldn't be happier with these two opponents. Yeah, and you're right. If you're going to play Alabama on the road, this is the year to play the Tide because, yeah, there won't be any fans there. It, you know, you're still going to have to travel and you're going to have to do all the different things you have to do on the road. But when you run out of that tunnel, it's going to be eerily quiet compared to what it might be if the Crimson Tide faithful were there. So that's what you've got right now. You've got Kentucky adding to two conference games. Uh, of course, you're going to miss out on the Louisville game, but you've got the Wildcats playing at Alabama, and you've got Kentucky playing at home 
with the Fighting Kiffins of Ole Miss. So uh, we can keep our fingers crossed that we will have football. Uh, just keep doing what you're doing if you can uh, stay socially distant and uh, wear the mask. Please wear the mask because we want football, quite frankly. But there is some, some ill will, some, some bad feelings going around right now because, for one thing, the Pioneer League has canceled its season. And uh, coming up a little bit later on, Kent Spencer is going to join us. And I had already talked to Kent last night about coming on the show just to talk college football. Then today we find out that the Pioneer League, which includes Moorhead State, will not play football. Kent played football at Moorhead State. Uh, I always talk about Kent being the one guy on the beat on a daily basis who played college football. Uh, and his alma mater will not play. So we'll get his thoughts on that and a lot of other stuff as well. Kent working over in Louisville now, formerly the sports director at WTVQ. Now he's at WHAS, so he covers both the Cats and the Cardinals. So we'll talk to him about a lot of that. Christy Thomas will join us as well. Christy, of course, anchors our pregame coverage on the U.K. football radio network. But she also works women's basketball, Kentucky women's basketball, for the SEC Network, for SEC Plus. And just today, Billy, we talked about this. We just touched on this a little bit uh, yesterday. But Texas Tech has fired its top women's basketball coaches amid abuse of allegations. Uh, the fact that uh, so many players have complained about Marlene Stallings. And I don't know when this first started. But there was a, a report that claimed physical, mental, and verbal abuse, and it was published on Wednesday. So this took less than 48 hours to turn around. But now, as we are on the brink of perhaps a college basketball season, Texas Tech, which has really settled into mediocrity uh, but used to be a Final Four caliber program, is without a coaching staff. So we'll talk to Christy a little bit about that. I know she doesn't know much about it yet. None of us knows much about it yet. But, uh, again, so one more thing to talk about. Uh, the SEC has, uh, has released a little more information on what it will expect of its uh, players and athletes, the SEC protocols, and those are two coronavirus tests per week. Coaches have to wear a face mask or a neck gaiter. I didn't even know. G-A-I-T-E-R. Did you know that that, and you got one, didn't you, Billy? One of those. Did you get a Tampa Bay Bucks? Yeah, the old mask? 1970s uh, orange Bucko Bruce Buccaneers one. Yeah. I do have one, yeah. And I did not know it was spelled like that. Yeah, it's called a gaiter, G-A-I-T-E-R. On the sideline, they have to wear them at all times during football games. Uh, the conference announcing this today, part of its initial medical protocols, coaches and players not competing will be required to wear a face mask or the neck gaiter that must, quote, cover both the nose and mouth such that neither nostrils nor the tip of the nose is visible. Competing players must wear a neck gaiter during timeouts or when conferring with coaches on the sideline. I can only assume the referees uh, working the game will be required to make sure that these rules are followed. So that's one more thing to put on the officials. My question is, what happens if they catch somebody, a coach or a player, who continuously, or is it continually, uh, refuses or just doesn't pay attention to the rule, forgets about it or whatever? Uh, that's going to be interesting. Will the league have personnel 
a separate personnel there to enforce that. Who knows? Players are going to be tested six days and three days before a game, which means tests typically will play, take place Sunday and Wednesday. And a twice-weekly testing requirement also exists for other sports considered high-risk, such as soccer and volleyball. Positive test, a player uh, has to be isolated for at least 10 days and be asymptomatic. Prolonged exposure will lead to a 14-day quarantine. That's according to league protocols. And a third party will take care of the testing. The, each school will designate a COVID-19 protocol oversight officer to ensure compliance. That does not answer my question of who's going to police the sidelines. Now, here is some of the fallout from this kind of thing. And, and Billy and I have talked all week about the fact that the Power Five conferences have the budget, have the personnel, have the money to test and, and enforce uh, and, and keep their players in line as best they can. Well, we've, we've seen over at UofL and uh, and other places that it, it doesn't always happen. But at least they have the wherewithal. But there is a little bit of backlash, including comments from Coach Jeff Choate of uh, Montana State. And he is a very successful coach at the FCS level, the old 1AA. But this is a guy who has worked at the D1 level a great deal. He's worked in the Pac-12. He's worked in the SEC he was an assistant uh, for some of those really good Boise State teams. And now he's the head man at Montana State, which has been traditionally a really good team at that level. They had sagged a bit, but he had them last year at 11-4 and four and ranked number four. But right now he is part of a conference, the Big Sky, that is, as they put it, punting football this fall. And he told the Athletic, he said, it's heartbreaking for our sport. He said, football only matters if you have money. The Power Five commissioners and presidents backed the NCAA into a corner. He said, the real tragedy here is we could not operate together in the best interest of our kids. He said, it's not whether we're playing or not. Uh, but he also talks about the fact that uh, if you can afford to test your players we're saying if you can afford to test your players at this level or provide for them at this level, you can participate. But if you can't, you are less than. We've created a different caste system here. And I think what I hear him saying is, indirectly, that the Pac-5 teams, programs, should have helped the teams at the other level. And if that is the case, that's a real interesting take from a guy who has worked at that level. And now he has worked both sides of the street. And he is, of course, unhappy that his school can't really afford to implement the protocols that I just described for the SEC. And we were talking the other night, Billy, about EKU. Definitely can't do the same. I mean, when you've got the head coach buying the masks for his team, that illustrates the, the wide chasm between, in terms of budgets, between those two schools, but or those two uh, levels of play. But we've always known this. That's why the 1AA schools will play, even in some instances, D2 teams will play against Division One teams, take their lumps, and accept their check to help keep their athletics departments afloat. And now, I guess in this day and age, everybody is speaking up and speaking out about 
college football and some of the inadequacies and inequalities. But what are you going to do, right? Right. I mean, there's levels to this stuff, Dick, and uh, we know that. We talked about uh, Mitch Barnhart starting to take a look at the jet fuel prices after you do so many charter flights. You know, that's Eastern Kentucky just can't afford to do that for every, uh, for the teams that Kentucky does. But yeah, I've had the opinion, um, like his, for a while that, you know, I think a lot of people are choosing wealth over health when it comes to getting football back on the field. But I also think, Dick, that if you have the resources to be able to do it safely – then why not, right? Right? Why not? If you can do it as a conference, then more power to you. But there is a blurred line, I, I definitely think, between these athletes who are not getting paid, Dick. Scholarship is one thing, but what we've seen from these professional sports is another. Yeah, that's true, and that's never going to get any better. In fact, uh, there's a story out there now saying that some of the NBA players have called Adam Silver directly to report violations uh, about the, the the protocols in the NBA bubble, instead of calling the hotline, they're calling the commissioner directly. Oh no! So yeah, so that's going to be a mess. But uh, of course, um, Chris Haynes was talking to on on TNT and said it shows how accessible the commissioner is to the players. That's why he is deemed one of the more effective, if not the most effective, commissioner right now in pro sports. 280-2287-800-606-426. Or you can tweet us at Big Blue Insider one We're back in a minute. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, as I mentioned, Christy Thomas of the UK Network and an hour number two, Ken Spencer and more on 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats. 630 WLAP. Will it be a sweet home for Alabama when the Wildcats come, or will Kentucky pull off an upset? We're going to find out. Let's hope if and when there is a college football season. Welcome back to the Big Blue Insider. Dick Gabriel, Billy Rutledge, 280-2287-800-606-4263. Tweet us at Big Blue Insider 1. Let's go to line one. Buzz is on the line. Hello, Buzz. Hey, Dick. How are you? Oh, I'm doing real good. I've got a I've got a couple of things real quick. Now I missed when you were saying about the schedule, but I just heard you say I guess we play uh, Alabama and Ole Miss. Correct, Alabama on the road, Ole Miss at home. Could have been worse. Okay, when do we play Alabama? They don't have the dates out yet. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah maybe we can catch them sort of early in the. In the revived season, and I think we've got a pretty good shot at them with what we've got coming back. And of course, Alabama is always going to be Alabama. But That's it'd right. Be nice taking Mac. Be nice take Mac Jones down after what he did to us. <laughs> you know, and and as we said, you've got an opportunity now because there won't be, for the most part, fans in the stands, or you know, there won't be many, if any. So it won't be quite. The home field advantage. Now, Kentucky won't have as much of an advantage either at home, of course, but you got Ole Miss coming here. Well, you know, the the one good thing also, you were talking about how the coaches are going to have to wear either the mask or the gator. Uh, that'll help out some because at least they can't read lips now. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. That is that is a yeah. really good point. When you said that, that's First thing came to my, to my mind is, you know, there's no way you have to worry about people, you know, reading each other's lips and trying to seal signals and stuff. That is that is a, a tremendous point. That's a great point. 
Thanks, Buzz. All right. Have a good one. 280-2287-800-606-4263. And as we were talking in the break, uh, Billy, you were making note of some of the other uh, schools and some of the other scheduling moves. And it looks like uh, LSU got the best of it, and Tennessee took a pretty good shot. And who do we think got the worst of it? Oh, it's got to be Missouri, Dick. Missouri is home versus Bama and at LSU. Also, Arkansas is going to be home versus Georgia and at Florida. So those are two pretty tough ones, if you ask me. Yeah. And then uh, LSU. LSU was Missouri and then at Vanderbilt. Tough, man. (laughs) But, you know, we were talking about that this week. Somebody was going to get the easiest road and somebody was going to get the toughest road, so that that's just the way it is. But of all schools, uh, it's LSU, which lost, was it nine players to the NFL? Yeah, it was. And then another notable one, Tennessee Volunteers at Auburn and then home against Texas A&M. Yeah, which helps, obviously, Kentucky. You know, the tougher that the other Eastern schools have, obviously the better for the Wildcats. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of discussion. As we said at the top of the show, People always ask us, you know, what do you talk about at a time like this? And it just seems like there is always something to talk about. Uh, at least there has been, you know, even if it's related to COVID. For instance, uh, we talked last night about the fact that uh, Ray Lewis's sons are transferring to Kentucky. And they'll be, you know, supporting players, complimentary players at best, as they were at the other schools where they played. And each is now going to be at his third Division One institution. But... Up in Maryland, for whatever reason, more and more players are opting out. They have had six more players leave the program saying that uh, they just don't feel comfortable right now. And Mike Loxley is the head coach at Maryland. He's the guy who was at New Mexico and was a bit of a disaster there. But he was very popular at Maryland, a great recruiter. So now he's the head coach. But he has lost six players, including his starting quarterback, Josh Jackson, but what that means is uh, Tua's brother, Tolia Tungavaloa, the younger brother of Tua, now, if he is cleared, could end up starting at Maryland. you got uh, only two Scully quarterbacks on that roster now at Maryland, Lance Legendre and Tua's little brother. And it's interesting because yesterday we talked about Will Muschamp's son being a walk-on at Georgia. He's a quarterback. Georgia has nine quarterbacks. So it's really funny how people love to worry about quarterbacks. You know, if we we play this guy, this guy might transfer. Yeah, that's the way quarterbacks work. But you might recall that a few years ago, Kentucky had to play Matt Roark at quarterback because it ran out of QBs, you know, under Joker Phillips. And Stoops has had some issues with numbers at quarterback. So when people get hurt, problems pile up. You don't want to be caught short when it comes to QB. But, uh, you know, it's it's a kind of thing where you just never know who's going to leave and when. And Maryland's got people heading for the bus station right now. So we'll see if those kids sit out just a year or land somewhere else. Well, Dick, you know, we talked a lot about depth. 
this upcoming season with uh, COVID and implications, but I even think that's going to be implicated more with an all-SEC schedule. I mean, you're, sure. you're going to be beaten up against sure. the best of the best right from week one. No question about that. And, you know, when you play, when you don't play the non-conference schools that, that really you should dominate, you don't play your subs, obviously. You could get into the third stringers in the second half in some of those games. Not this year. More to come, 6.30 WLAP. You're listening to Big Blue Insider with Dick Gabriel on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Well, at least the Wildcats are not heading for Baton Rouge. They are heading for Tuscaloosa, and we'll talk about that and some other things with my next guest who is traveling down the Bluegrass Parkway. So, And if you've ever been on the BG, you know this. There isn't much there except the road, other cars. There's not a whole lot of cell service either. So we will stay with Christy <laughs> Thomas as long as we can. How are you, young lady? Hey, doing very well. Headed to the uh, state baseball tournament with my seven-year-old. So we got the bright early game tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Oh. So we're headed to E-Town to, uh, to spend the night and get settled in. And you're exactly right. I'm looking at a lot of nothing except road. <laughs> yeah, you, you better not need to eat, get gas, or go to the bathroom because you're, right. you're left to your own devices <laughs> unless you're around Bardstown. Uh, and you have been one busy mom. I know I'm following you on Facebook, and I, I saw at least one photo of somebody hoisting a trophy. I think it was your son. So uh, uh, at least your kids have been able to get out and, and, and enjoy some sports, right? We needed it. I mean, we needed some sanity. There was you know, this real hope that we would be able to do that, and albeit it started a little bit later um, yeah, baseball and softball. My daughter plays travel softball. Right. My son plays travel baseball. Got got back to normal, really. Um, so there are some provisions that a lot of places have put in place, but we've been doing an awful lot of traveling because um, that's where the tournaments have been. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Indiana, Tennessee, we played in Missouri a couple times. So, um, yeah, for, for Kentucky to be hosting some tournaments now is um, kind of a breath of fresh air because we're, we're, you know, exhausted with the travel, but that's what it's taken to get to this point. And honestly, we're just glad to be back out on the field. The kids needed it. Oh, yeah, no question. Speaking of kids being back out on the field, if indeed there is college football, uh, Christy, of course, anchors our pregame coverage on the U.K. network. And first of all, Christy, I'm not even sure if we're going to be allowed to go to games or will we be in a studio, you know, watching a monitor, that kind of thing. But let's just talk about the games themselves. And first of all, uh, the, the news that just broke about the Wildcats adding Alabama on the road, Ole Miss at home. Uh, and first of all, your thoughts on 10 conference games and then the two games they picked up. What do you think? Well, I think when you go to a 10-game conference schedule in the SEC, for a lot of people it's like, a, oh, no, um, just because you play them. You know, there's no argument. I think that it's one of the, if not the toughest, football conference in America. So when you think about having to play a 10-game conference schedule, that's, that's pretty daunting, and especially looking at the West opponents that Kentucky has this year and then, um, you know, Georgia sitting there at, you know, four, ranked fourth in the country in the latest coaches poll. I mean, this is no easy road here for the Cats. And, um so, but, but I'm also um, excited about that because I think, you know, you want to play, you come to a school in the SEC, you want to play high-level football, you're going to play some high-level opponents. And I yeah. think that's really what this is all about. And I don't think that anybody um, over there on campus at UK is disappointed with having to play 10 conference games. I think they all want it. And I think that that's because it's really just kind of a, 
a new day with UK football where they, they believe it. They're, they're confident. They know that they can play with anybody. They think they can play with anybody. And this year may be the year they can do it. And if you're going to play Alabama in Tuscaloosa, this may be the year to do it when, you know, you're going to run out on the field if they play and to a smattering of applause instead of that roar of the Crimson Tide crowd. Right. Won't that be weird to see what that yep. looks like or what that's all about? Yep. I mean, I think you, you think about all these places, you know, even, you know, A&M and how, um, you know, wild that is to go there and play. I think the environment will be um, really, really interesting to see this year. So, yeah, I agree with you. You're going to go on the road and play Alabama. Why not this year when maybe when maybe there's only about 30,000 in the stands instead of 100,000? And this is a Kentucky team, Billy and I have talked about this and Aaron for the last couple of weeks, uh, that has as much or more depth, really, than any team. And you know I've been around since they pumped up the first football. Uh, I can compare this to when Kersey had his best teams and was putting a lot of kids in the NFL during that two-year period. Uh, this, this era compares favorably to that uh, as much as anything because of line play. So you're going to need that depth now with 10 conference games. Well, and you know, what I think about immediately when you say that too, Dick, is the whole idea that um, we're so impatient in, in athletics and especially in college athletics that this is exactly what this coaching staff has been working toward is to get to this point and, and look how long it's taken to get here and to get to a place where you can say exactly what you just said. That's not something that happens in a year or two, nope. even in, in three or four years. It takes a long time to build this up and get where they are. So the whole idea that they've been given um, the green light to do that, been given time to do that, and showing that it's working and we're actually getting there, um, I think is remarkable. And, and to your point, this whole idea of, you know, to have Kennard and Jackson be um, two preseason All-Americans, mm -hmm. you just feel like that's what's happening is, you oh, my gosh, how are we ever going to replace – uh, these guys, well, here they are, and, and they're they're just coming in um, one right after the other, rolling in, and I think that that's um, very telling about all of the work that's been happening for years now with this coaching staff. Of course, Christy, this is alternative on if we have a college football season in 2020, and, and just personally, your opinion, I think they do start, but do you think that we finish a 10-game conference schedule in the SEC? Do you think that 18, 19, and 20-year-old kids have enough discipline uh, to get through this entire year? Absolutely not. I know exactly <laughs> what I was like as an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid. Absolutely not. I mean, I think that it's, and it, it's not really their fault. I think it's just sort of it is what it is when you're that age and you're trying to enjoy your college experience and make that truly what you want it to be. I, I just don't, I, I think that, yeah, this thing, this thing will get started, and then it could get ugly, and, and I hate that. Um, but, you know, when you're starting to see teams, you know, just Moorhead State just announcing that, yeah. you know, they won't have football this year. So um, I fear that that will be, you know, that it's not going to end well in, in that regard. Um, but And I just have such a hard time wrapping my mind around the fact that this is where we are with this whole thing. It's really hard to understand. It's hard to wrap your mind around. It's um, – you know, I'm, I'm thinking about kids moving back into the dorm and, and how all this is going to work and how all this is going to happen. And um, it's really hard for me to, to see a full 10-game schedule happening. And, you know, especially home games and, you know, how are they going to determine who can come to games and, you know, if they base that on K-Fun points and, you know, how many people are allowed in the stands. And, you know, I do some on-field PA work for a game for right. games. 
Um, will will they want it? Will there be any of that pomp and circumstance and that celebratory sort of environment? I I don't know. I think it's and it's also ever changing that the very second a decision is made, a week later it's something totally different. Yep. So. Um, I know what I was like as an 18, 19, 20-year-old. It's a good thing social media wasn't around because I probably – I've said it a thousand times. I'm not sure I would be employable as an adult if it was. <laughs> well, and, you know, to your point, uh, you, you look down the road at UofL and what happened with the four teams who are now in oh, trouble with the yeah. athletics director. Uh, but uh, I saw Eric Crawford had a story. I don't know if other people had a chance to talk to the kid who actually hosted the party or one of the three kids, and, and uh, he said something like, well, we didn't put out a bunch of invitations. We didn't expect a crowd like this. I'm paraphrasing, but come on, man. You're a college student. You're having a party. You know you know how, and with social media, I'm like you. You know, We knew about parties on campus without social media. What do you think's going to happen? So, oh, my gosh. Uh, can I tell you that I can so relate to that? And I'll tell you, I'll give you a little anecdote and tell right. you why. <laughs> so I, I was, of course, playing basketball down at uh, Campbellsville University back in the day. No social media or anything like that. And my parents were out of town. I was going to have a New Year's Eve get-together, okay, not party, a get-together and have a few people over. And the next thing I know, my house is flooded with people. I mean, absolutely swamped. And you think, well, what in the world? Well, that's exactly right. Everybody just calls everybody. Oh, yeah, let's head over to Christy's house for, you know, she's having a party. Well, what a party. But it turned into one exactly yeah. for that reason. Word of mouth and here you go. And um, you know, next thing you know, I end up, we, we got in big trouble for that. But that's <laughs> neither here nor there. But that's how great parties are born. Yeah, that's and, right. And, you know, that's what are you right. going to do? Turn people away. One more football question real quickly before I switch you to what's going on in women's basketball, especially at Texas Tech. I know you may be not totally up to speed mm. on that, but um, – We've talked a lot here during the pandemic about the over and under for Kentucky wins being somewhere around six games. And we fully believe our, our official stance here on the Big Blue Insider is twofold. It's because there's no Lynn Bowden and there's such a big question mark at quarterback, although it's probably not as big as people think it is. Uh, and number two, players like it. All the players we've heard who addressed it say, that's great. We'll use that as motivation. Uh, what's your take on that? Yeah, I actually, um, I just saw a T-shirt the other day that says, um, underestimate me. That'll be fun. <laughs> and I sort of feel like that's where these guys are. Yeah, just go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, they, they've been that kind of team for a while yeah. now. Yeah. You know, a couple of years, get a little chip on your shoulder, and they, they, they really revel in that. So I say, yeah. And, and I honestly believe that um, that Terry Wilson is going to blow us away. I think yeah. I, just from what I've seen and followed from this kid getting back to, to healthy and getting back to 100%, I really like what I see out of him, and he's so motivated that, um, yeah, I think he's going to be really dangerous. So, yeah, I say underestimate him. That'll be fun. Well, back when you were playing, uh, it wasn't that long ago, but uh, that's back when when Texas Tech was a legit Final Four program back in the day. And uh, was it Lisa Leslie who was their best player? They had they had uh, one of the best players in the history of the game came through Texas Tech. Uh, and now, Christy, I know you've been hustling to get the kids on the road, but they have fired their coaching staff because of uh, what they are describing as just inappropriate methods when it comes to coaching. And, you know, and you're on the verge of a school year. So now you got to go out and find a new coaching staff. Um, And, you know, so much of this, it's interesting to me. The first thing I thought of was Pat Summit because, Mm -hmm. you know, she was one of, if not the greatest of all time, 
And one way that people described her was she coached like a man. And, you know, you, obviously men in men's basketball don't have to deal with that kind of stuff. But in women's basketball, uh, apparently you do. Uh, you know, but some kids like that. Uh, and, if, and if she was trying to do this, man, did she go over the line. But it, it's, it's just a different methodology when it comes to motivation, apparently, in women's basketball. But some of the things she did I thought were over the line. But um, can you speak to that in general? I know you're, you're probably not up to total speed on this Texas Tech story, but uh, I, I think it's really interesting. Well, I did just read an article about it, and I'll tell you this. I, I think it's a generational thing as well where, you know, I, I, I appreciate you saying that it hadn't been that long ago, but it has been, <laughs> it's been a while. And so what I will say is that there's a little bit of a generational um, gap there, if you will, just in that, um, you know, the way I was coached was, you know, I was coached really hard. I was coached, you know, there was no coddling. There was no, you know, worrying about hurting people's feelings. Very much the way Pat Summit coached, um, you know, where it is what it is. I'm trying to put the best, um, you know, product we can out there. We're trying to win is what we're yeah. trying to do. Um, so I was never mistreated, nothing like that. I mean, I played for a Hall of Fame coach, and um, to this day it's still some of the, the best years I've ever spent um, in, in my life. And so, so many life lessons that were learned from that. So I think, um, you know, when we talk about kids being softer and that sort of thing, I, that's real. I believe that's 100% real. The kids these days are just different than when they were when I was coming up and even, um, you know, before me, they're just different. So I cannot even imagine trying to coach kids in this day and age at this age, especially with social media and things like that. I cannot imagine that. Um, and, and really what kind of, um, what kind of balance you have to try to find to be able to, to coach kids. Now, when I say, you know, it is right. Coaching men and women is a little different. Um, I will tell you that I, I agree with you. Some of the things I read about what she did were, were uh, did cross the line, but then some of the other complaints, I thought, well, what's wrong with that? Yeah. Um, so I was somewhere in the middle, you know, where I kind of thought, uh, I could see, you know, maybe there should have been some disciplinary action for her and maybe, you know, sort of like let's change some things and that kind of thing. So I'm a little surprised that they fired her because I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, uh, Cameron Whitaker was facing the same kind of yep. scrutiny at Northern Kentucky. Yep. And um, this was all based on, you know, some kids saying that, that they were being mistreated. That was investigated. She still has her job. Um, so, you know, I think then it's really kind of becomes um, – really touchy about how you handle it and who do you believe um you know if you've got a coach saying that you know they're doing it one way and the kids are saying they're doing it another and there's kind of this back and forth that clearly there was a toxic environment at texas tech and you know um the administrators have to do what they think they have to do to move on and and you know but but it is I, i can't imagine dealing with it it is a generational thing that i think is just different and um Coaching kids these days has got to be—I don't know—they're they're earning their money. If you ask me, yeah, buddy. Christy, just a couple minutes left, but would you call Ryan Howard the best basketball player at the University of Kentucky, boy or girl? Ooh, wow. Um, let me say this about her: is that every single time I watch her play, she does something that I will—I'll say, oh, 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 okay, <laughs> okay. And I will tell everybody, if you, you've got to go see her play. Please, please watch Ryan Howard yes. play, whether it's on TV or whether it's in person or where, wherever it is. Please watch her play because um, she, is, she is a game changer. I mean, she's somebody that can absolutely – and she does it with such a silky smooth kind of way. And um, she's really, really something. Um, I, I don't know if I'll say 
men or women that she she's the best, but she's going to leave out of Kentucky, you know, one of the best they've ever worn the uniform for sure. So um, she's she's worth the price of admission. And for women's basketball, it's a very affordable price. So do yourself a favor and go watch yeah. one of the best to ever play. Yeah, I fully agree. And I, I've been fortunate enough to do a couple of games on SEC with Christy filling in for Jeff Bacoro. And when I'm not doing that, I'm generally sitting right next to them because you watching on TV is one thing. But watching this woman play in person, it, 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 you just have a whole new appreciation for how great she is. And uh, she yeah. is a generational talent. There's no question about it. And I think yeah. I think they're sitting on a big year this year. Christy Thomas I is the anchor for the U.K. Football Radio Network. And you see her work as well on the SEC Network, on SEC Plus, when it comes to U.K. women's basketball. And our thanks not only to Christy, but to whatever cell phone service you subscribe to because you sounded <laughs> sound great all the way down the Bluegrass Parkway. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and here's hoping we can talk about some football again very soon. We'll yeah. cross our fingers. And uh, good luck with the tournament tomorrow. Thanks. Should be all fun. Right. All right. Have a good one. Thanks so much. You too. Bye. That is Christy Thomas, and ever since she worked for me at WKYT, we affectionately call her the big girl because she was a low-post player in college, and uh, that was, that was uh, we, that's how we kind of teased her a little bit. And she kind of liked it, believe it or not. And as I said, it's all done uh, with great affection. And we are back in just a minute here on 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats. 630 WLAP. You broke my Tuscaloosa heart now, honey. Well, it's sad, but it's true. This is the song that will be going through my mind if I make the trip to Tuscaloosa. This was actually a song from the TV show Scrubs, and it's a long story, but one of the characters wanted to be a singer and went on to, you know, it didn't work out, and he ended up getting married and became a doctor. And so, uh, but they found tapes, uh, or, or rather uh, copies of his lyrics, and one of the songs he wrote was My Tuscaloosa Heart. So that will be going through my head uh, if, indeed, I travel down to Tuscaloosa. Nothing is certain right now. The one thing that is certain, though, according to my next guest, uh, John Short, is that the Wildcats will go 10-0 and 0 this year. Is that right, John? Team wins, no setbacks, no ties. That's right. No setbacks, no ties, even though you got to go to, to Alabama, right? Yeah, I've never heard that song Tuscaloosa Heart before. I never heard that one. Well, that was made up for the TV show, John. So that's that's a rare, I guess you could call that a country song. That's the rare country song that John Short did not know. I know. <laughs> I think the best Alabama song is Alabama Jubilee or Rose of Alabama. Is the there, Alabama song. John, is there a song about Tuscaloosa, though, that, that's a big song? Like, you know, Colin Baton Rouge hey. was huge. I can't think of anything in Tuscaloosa, a big song. I can't think of any. Yeah, we couldn't either, Billy and me. So uh, that's the one that popped into my head. So what's going on tonight, John? Those three players that left Eastern Kentucky, I need to come here to the University of Kentucky. Those three players left Eastern Kentucky. They need to come here. Well, if they're concerned about COVID, uh, they are probably do best to just sit out the year, although apparently they are following the protocols pretty well at Kentucky. Okie dokie, and looks like we have a tough ACC schedule with, with Alabama. I thought it would be Alabama and Louisiana State, but it's Alabama and Mississippi. Well, some people were, were hoping it would be LSU and Alabama just to see how things worked out for the Wildcats, but I think it's going to be tough enough as it is. And I'm kind of 
Like like Billy, I'm really curious to see Lane Kiffin come to town. Because East Coast University of Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's been around. So he knows the Southeastern Conference. Well, not real well because he coached for one year or a couple of years a couple of years in Tennessee. He doesn't know it real well. Yeah, but remember, he was at Alabama as the offensive coordinator uh, when they went yeah, to the was. national championship game. So, uh, no, he knows the league. You're right. Yep, he does. And so does so that Mississippi State has to be coached. Mike Lee, so he knows the Southeastern Conference real well, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, starting from when he was an assistant coach here with Hal Mummy. So, uh, yeah, that – and, man, is the state of Mississippi going to be the, uh, the the focal point, assuming they play? It's unfortunate there won't be many fans in the stands, but uh, I think the media play, especially leading up to the Egg Bowl, that's going to be a blast, and we'll have to keep uh, keep an eye on that with our man, Neil Price, down there. John, thank you so much. You stay safe. Hope hope you get to follow your beloved Wildcats when they play football. Coming up in hour number two, Ken Spencer will join us. We'll talk more college football, including – Moorhead State, as Christy told us, deciding no football this fall. Kent is a product of Moorhead State and, of course, covers the Wildcats and the Cardinals uh, from WHAS-TV in Louisville, formerly Channel 36 here in Lexington. Dick Gabriel, Billy Rutledge, stay with us here for hour number two. Coming up, it's the Big Blue Insider on 630 WLAP. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.